You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome once again to the Oz Network as we bring you our second in a series of three episodes relating to the Reality for Diabetes event happening on June the 2nd, 3rd and 4th in Cincinnati in the USA. And uh, today we're bringing you three more interviews two Survivor contestants and two Amazing Race contestants who are all attending the event in June. Now, this event, of course, organised by the great Tasha Wilkie, and this event does intend to raise funds for type 1 diabetes research for the organisation JDRF, a variety of different events that are occurring across the weekend. There's beach volleyball, laser tag, uh, room escapes, go-karts, you name it, it's going on there. So definitely a fun event to attend with lots of great things where you get to meet and hang out with these reality stars and uh, in each of these chats you're going to hear a little bit about their thoughts of this event thoughts on Survivor thoughts on the Amazing Race and everything else in between and on the show today we've got Joel Klug season one Borneo from the OG of originals when it comes to the great seasons of Survivor the very first one and uh, always a fun chat with Joel and uh, wide-ranging discussion points in that then we've got the herpes of Survivor Mr. Billy Garcia Mr. Regular when it comes to uh, our programs and a great guy fun chat as always with billy you're going to enjoy that one survivor cook islands contestant season 13 and then some amazing race people we have uh, diana and justin sheeman they were on the 27th season of the amazing race and uh people who know me know that i'm not exactly the biggest amazing race fan i mean i enjoy the show i just have never really followed it closely watched one season and uh of the american one at least a couple of the australian ones and uh seen uh bits and pieces here and there so i'm no expert when it comes to the amazing race and you will uh hear that no doubt in this interview but uh had the honor of meeting them at reality rally last year definitely uh hit it off with the guys and uh for sure was uh great to get them back here on the show to chat as they are also heading to this event so uh sit back relax grab some popcorn and enjoy the next 90 minutes as we chat to joel klug billy garcia and diana and justin sheeman here on the oz network It is a massive pleasure to continue on our chats with uh, contestants from reality shows who are attending Reality for Diabetes in Cincinnati, Ohio, raising funds for JDRF and Type 1 Diabetes Research. And I'm thrilled to be able to welcome back Joel Klug from Survivor Borneo, who will be attending this event, and always a fun time to chat to you, Joel. So welcome back, first of all, to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's you, pleasure. You can hear me pleasure okay, to, right? I can hear you perfectly fine. How about my uh, my dulcet tones? Oh, I don't know yeah. why I describe myself as that. Can you hear my voice? Through <laughs> the wonder of technology, I can hear you all the way from the other side of the planet. Yes, well, there you go. I, I, it's, I just felt really weird saying the words dulcet tones and talking about myself. But uh, you're, you're on the, you're driving right now. Where, whereabouts are? Where am I talking to you from? What, what state are we in currently in the U.S. of A? We are in. Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in a, okay. in, a, in a rough part of town, Wisconsin, driving through here. It's a little, uh, some would say, gang-riddled uh, area uh, that sometimes I work in in a few days a week, and driving home towards my home in Brookfield. I live in a little town called Brookfield, Wisconsin. There you go. That's uh, one state I haven't visited yet. I had, um, I did when I was in Tennessee last year. I was staying. I actually, funnily enough, was uh, staying with Gretchen from your season, and so her co-host oh. on her radio show, Ryan. I sort of stayed with him a bit too, and he's from Wisconsin. And we went to, I think it was Culver's, a fast food chain there, because it was sort of a Wisconsin oh, thing. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, I had my deep yeah, fried cheese healthy. curds. <laughs> oh, very yeah, cheese curds. 
That is, it was, yeah, it's Wisconsin. I mean, it's, it's exactly, I don't know if you guys know the stereotype of Wisconsin. It's beer and cheese. Right. That is Wisconsin. There you go. Uh, and it, it's, uh, it is a nice place. I mean, it's, uh, Milwaukee is its own little unique place in Wisconsin, but it's, people are very nice, very helpful. That's very good, tough. that's good. It's cold. God, cold. So it's still cold there at the moment, even though it's sort of meant to be warming up, right? I mean, you guys are nearly in summer there. It's Come warming on. up. It's, it's, it's 50 degrees right now. Uh, so it, that's not warm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, summer should be here. But it's, uh, you know, but again, there's no poisonous anything up here. How about that? That's the, that's the benefit to it. The cold kills anything poisonous. Yeah, so you do have the benefits. Yeah, I mean, I can sit here right now and complain to you that it's it's cold here in Hobart, but uh, look, our version of cold, you'd laugh at. You'd probably be walking around in uh, in Speedos just going, hey, I'm going to the beach, whereas I'm here, you know, shivering in my hoodie. So, <laughs> I, I probably would not be walking around in a Speedo. Um, I don't even know if I would wear a Speedo in the dark by myself in a room. So I, I, I don't see that happening. We're, we're in Australia. Do as the locals do. You know, we we wear speedos to church. Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> right, right, right. Throw a speedo on. You know, do all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. No exactly. Exactly. But of course. Cincinnati, Ohio, a couple of weeks there for reality for diabetes. And it's great to be able to see you on this list. And I sort of just was actually just speaking to, to Mitchell Olsen about kind of how 75% of these reality contestants, I feel, are survivor contestants. And even then, like a quarter of these survivor contestants are basically from the first five seasons. And, and obviously yourself and, and Jenna Lewis too, coming from, from Borneo. I mean, it's not just, Hey, great. We've landed one Borneo contestant. We've got two and, and two Pagongas here, Joel. This is, this is exciting. I mean, how, how are you feeling kind of leading into this? Not just for the event, but you get to hang out with Jenna again. Um, you know, I have not spoke to Jenna in probably over 10 years. It'll be interesting to see, you know, when we went through the show, you know, she was very young, but now, you know, we're, we're not young anymore. You know, I'm, 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 we're coming on close to 20 years now, different. Um, you know, the last thing I actually said to her, I think she just got done doing all stars. And I said, if you would have fucking played like that on our season, shit would have turned out differently. <laughs> Never heard back from her again. <laughs> and we've had a few little comments back and forth on Facebook. Um, but, you know, she's had, she had little ones at the time. I would imagine they're all grown up. So I am looking forward to hearing about that. Um, you know, but we're both very feisty characters. So we'll see, we'll see how the whole weekend kind of shakes out. But, I, I, you know, Jenna, we'll always have a connection, that's for sure, uh, because we all went through... Um, such a unique experience on that first season. So it, it's kind of hard not to have a connection. It's fascinating to just just think that sort of... It's. I mean, what, we're now looking at 17 years. I mean, God, every time I get you on the show, show Joel, I'm sort of like, oh, it's been, you know, 15 years, 14 years, 17 years. You said nearly 20 years. Now, that is just... I don't even want to... I'm sure you don't even want to think about that to think that, as you were saying, like, you know, 20 right, years I was 27. On. Yeah. I was 27 at the time, and I just turned 45. Wow. Wow. That's, um, yeah, it's mind blowing. And I mean, it's a lifetime. Uh, And if you would have gave it, never would anybody, nobody would have bet that it would last 20 seasons. Um, but we're looking at, I mean, we could hit 20 years 
of a television show, which is it is that it, it, it was an anomaly to have the success of the first season and the number it did. To me, it is getting close to the same level of an anomaly to have a twenty-year run on a network, primetime network television show. They, we are very few. You're talking sixty minutes. Um, you know, The Simpsons. Uh, we're at super high level uh, of the show to be in that, and it's in a, It's because of people like yourself, um, who early on. You know, they called it the X-File factor when the people on the internet would really get into the show and started talking about it. It was because a lot of that, that the, the it is, a, it, you know, there's a cult following for the show. And without that, would it have continued? No. But the premise of the show is just, I think it's phenomenal. And it's not, it's the, not going away either, Joel, is it? It's kind of interesting to think that still, like, uh, I mean, look, when I first started Survivor Oz, there wasn't, even then, I found there was only really probably about four or five podcasts, I want to say, sort of talking about the show. Now, there's that's at least tripled. And then you, you've got to look at kind of even sort of outside of the US. I mean, Australia started their own version again last year. It was very successful. We're about to have another season. New Zealand are about to do their own version. So, it's kind of even after all these years that other countries are still producing their versions. And then you even got to look at sort of controversy that sort of was around the whole Zeke Varner situation, how that's attracting the headlines it was getting and just even 17 years in that it might not rate as clearly as highly as it was back sort of during your season in the Australian Outback, but it's still a, a relevant talking point that definitely can cause headlines. So it's, it's definitely not even going away. It's not like it's just fading into obscurity. It's still going very strong. The, the ratings are showing that it's, it's sitting in that top 25. Minimum top 25 right now. And at the cost to produce the show, to sit consistently in the top 25, that's not going to go anywhere. Um, also, through the season, you're watching the ratings build through the season. That's also a sign of a strong program. So you, I, I just can't see them getting rid of it at least for a few more years. Um, like the Varner thing, you know, I don't think the – game changers and all these little silly things that they keep trying to come up with. It's nice for hardcore fans to be able to look at each season and name it like, you know, the Gen X versus whatever's or the <laughs> multiple worlds or God knows what they call these things. I don't know. <laughs> but I think, you know, the whole Varner thing, you know, Jeff is massaging a lot of that. Um, so the premise of the game is fabulous, but it has changed quite a bit. And there is a lot more, of the production getting involved in that, the way in which they handled that, I thought was absurd. Um, I get it. I mean, it was probably one of the stupidest moves ever. And again, I, I, I like Jeff. Um, really incredibly stupid. I would have to say, you know, and I have not spoken to Jeff since then, I would have to say that the production had something to do with goading him into making that move. I would say that maybe he would have thought about it a little bit, but in your pre-interview sitting down, it would have been like, oh, you're going to say it, right? You're going to do it, right? So they had to know it was coming. And then the dramatic way in which uh, Probst handled that by not having a vote or whatever, I thought that was ridiculous. All of a sudden now there's a level of personal attack that is too much that this person is going to be kicked off the show. In, in my understanding, I mean, Rudy was calling everybody queers and saying offensive things in the first season. 
and now Jeff says this. So I thought that was a little bit disingenuous. I think it was almost a little bit of a stunt, almost like I feel like a couple of years ago when they were evacuating all these people off for paper cut. I think that was a little bit of a stunt because then they can say the most evac thing ever. And it's, it's just because it is a TV show, you know, for us that are in it, it's a game, but it is a television show and you have to keep it fresh and millions and millions of dollars are on the line. Um, this is, you know, very expensive airtime. They have to keep it fresh. So I would say the last few years, they have been trying to squeeze every drop of blood out of that stone. Um, but it still is the premise of the show that is fabulous. It still is a great casting job done. But I would say Jeff is interjecting himself a little bit more. But Jeff is going to want to do that because he has to keep himself relevant because this is a vehicle for his career. It, yeah. it's, it's you know it's complicated. But Very I love Jeff. I can't I can't say anything. I can't say anything bad about Probst because he's incredible at what he's done. Um, to go from a guy that was you know almost barely cast on the first season. There was talks of him going after the first season and not bringing him back for the second season. And now he is this far into it. And this is pretty much his baby and his show. And, you know, shameless promotion is the key to success in Hollywood. And I believe that's what, you know, Jeff kind of does. You get the survivor book and Jeff's on the fucking cover of it, you know? And so that's up, brother. Good for you. And it's, it's just so interesting. I, I love talking to people who say, you know, because, I mean, we're really at this point now, Joel, where clearly a lot of Survivor fans now weren't there since day one. Um, you know, I mean, we we are only, let's, let's be absolutely honest, a year or two away from having the first contestant who wasn't even born during your season to really make <laughs> that sound scary. Um, but it's it's interesting to kind of get people who then go back and watch borneo because i mean look i'm a day one viewer i i was there from the beginning i was 13 years old and kind of just grown up on this show but it's it's fascinating to talk to these people who then go back and watch your season you know the comments you know this is like a documentary this is so different to what i'm watching but i always find it fascinating the jeff probst comments because you know here you have a man who basically today is just when it comes to trading things and he's, he's quite harsh yet in what the very first episode he's basically saying oh it's raining you can stay here to stay you know protected with your raincoat right like it's it's right. like well, obviously there's lots of elements to your season that are a lot harder than what people do today as well on survivor i'm not saying you guys had it easy by any stretch of the means but just jeff's just attitude to that just it's hilarious to watch now oh it, it's it's i mean just jeff as a as a, a personality um just in pop culture you know, as, you know, Jeff was just a guy that was happy to be there in that first season. Um, and, you know, when, when he would show up, he's like, oh, that's the game show host guy. That, that's what we would say when he was out there. You know, Jeff is the guy. You know, Jeff was just, little, you know, just a dude out there. It was the same as now. I mean, he is, I mean, it, it's wildly popular. Uh, he's, he's well known throughout the world. Even people that have never seen the show have heard of Jeff Probst. Um, oh, and Mark Burnett for that example. I mean, my gosh, I mean, that guy, I mean, if you look at the Nielsen ratings, I believe it was last week or the week before, that dude had four shows in the top 25 of and the, the Nielsen And the president ratings. of the United States, um, too, Joel. So he had a pretty, he's had a pretty interesting oh, yeah. time. <laughs> oh, he's had a run. He's had a run. Oh, yeah. I he mean, has. this guy is, you know, I mean, going from selling hats on Venice Beach to arguably the most powerful producer in, in, in television, if not 
period at this point in time. Um, I mean, if you talk Survivor, the show, Mark's career, Jeff's career, these are things that you couldn't create if you tried to do it a thousand times over. You're not going to be able to do it. Even if you took all the same ingredients, there were so many things that had to happen at the right time. The writer's strike in 2000. Uh, TV in general and how shitty it was before Survivor came out. I mean, my God, the sitcom had been pounded to death. And, you know, it was, it was everything had to happen at the right time. And, and before 9-11, the world was not as serious. Um, you know, people didn't even know who Al-Qaeda was. Yeah. Survivor was the biggest yeah. thing going. You're going to go work, and, and it was a different world. So if this got introduced today, who knows what would happen. But, I mean, I, it's just something that it's just more amazing each year. And I had really separated myself out of any of this pretty much after... I think it was Chris Doherty's season. I watched Chris Doherty's season, and I love Chris Doherty, and I still think he's one of the best strategic players ever. He was in, like, the hardest situation. Last dude left, and there was, like, six women left, and him, and somehow he got all six women to vote each other out, and, and he wins a million bucks. Amazing. I didn't watch from that point all the way until when Scoopin went back on. Oh, wow. Because I would talk to Scoopin from time to time. So I didn't watch any of those seasons. So there's a lot of people that I'm meeting at these events that I don't, I, I never watched them play. Sandra Diaz, I never watched her play until this season. And I can honestly say, in my opinion, she is very impressive. That is an impressive. You chose, I'll just person. say this, Joel, you chose a, an interesting one to see her play because it was, if you ever go back and watch her season. Yeah, right. but it's, she's never not. that cocky. Like, if you watch her original season, she's the opposite of that. And it's it's kind of crazy how she's developed. And it's interesting. I, I kind of feel that she improved somehow her legacy after already being a two-time winner. I don't know how that works when you don't win the game a third time. But, yeah, she was incredible this season. Oh, I, I, that part, okay. Up until when she was sitting in tribal council calling herself the queen. Now, take it from a guy who got put a, a Captain America name was put on me and i never even said it out loud but as soon as you start doing that the clock is ticking on you. so i would say she maybe i don't know if that was a strategy i would love to ask her i'm going to meet her in cincinnati and i'm very much looking forward to meeting her um other than the i'm a queen talk which i cannot understand what the benefit was or something like that especially 34 seasons in to do that Maybe it's just she got a case of the fuck it. She's already won twice, and fuck it, I'm fuck you. I'm going to say whatever I want. <laughs> Maybe that's the case. But other than that, I mean, the way in which she orchestrated things, the way in which she, you know, would get people to do things and the manipulation, super impressive. Super impressive. I mean, you just never... I think her... Be and other thing is, you would never see that coming. No. Yeah. When I first saw her pop up on that beach and she had the little spandex shorts on and she looked like a, a mom, you know, from wherever, I'm like, well, who's that lady? But, I, of course, I knew who she was. And I'm like, oh, that's Sandra. And then you watch her play. I'm like, oh, wow, I can see why she won. I mean, it's just like when you meet Bob, when I met Bob Crowley. You know, I never watched him play. But you meet the guy and within a minute you're like, oh, I get it. Oh, I understand why this guy won. Um, you know, you meet most of these. Same with Chris Doherty. First time I met Chris Doherty, I'm like, 
you know, of course, watching him play was fabulous watching him play because I was like, holy shit, how's this guy going to pull this off? And then I meet him. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I get it. Chris is awesome. We love to spend time with Chris. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it, that is the thing about the people that have won the show when you meet them. They're just like uh, Michelle Fitzgerald. She got a lot of heat. People were saying that she didn't deserve it. There is no such thing as a non-deserving winner of Survivor. If you get to the end, if you get to the final three and you win, you deserve it, no matter what way you took. And But sitting down and speaking to her for the first time, I get why she won. You know, she's just one of those people that makes you feel good about yourself. And, um, you know, it, she has a, an ability. And, and plus, she's fabulous looking. But it, it's, you know, when you meet these people, you get it. But she also was a part of her circumstance. You know, there was people that were pissed off at the other two people, and she just, you know, kind of reaped the benefit from that. But, you know, she, it, it is, you know, I, I just can't say enough about the people that you meet. I, I, being away from it for so long and then going to the Cincinnati event, which is the only thing I do, that's the only event I pretty much go to. I did the one in Maine, which was a competition that was fun. But the thing in Cincinnati, it's a nice little thing to get together and meet people. You do meet some of the most incredible people. And it's 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 kind of it's interesting with these events sort of I know and speaking to a couple of guys doing these interviews it's 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 just great that these these are obviously still out there because you know you you sort of got your main ones but then you've obviously got these other ones that are still going around it and the fact that it's sort of going on what we're talking about that this show is still going strong after 17 years the fact that there's still demand for you guys to, I guess, go to these events and the fans are coming here to obviously sign up and raise funds for JDRF and everything along those lines. I mean, I think that's kind of easily the best side effect that comes out of, you know, being on a show like this. I mean, for yourself, obviously, there were a lot more uh, things that came out of it given how popular Survivor was sure. at that time. But sort of the fact that even just looking at it from a perspective of it, you were on it 17 years ago, but you were still kind of up there. And, and I would argue, you know, top five stars billings of this of this uh, appearance and that's not to take away from anybody else attending this but again there's always something about somebody from Borneo Australian Outback you know these first few seasons that everybody kind of takes a step back and go oh wow you know here we go a Borneo person's attending it's it's you know it's pretty rare that me walking around the street nowadays it probably happens two or three times a year where somebody will come up and say something I think it's because I have a big nose maybe <laughs> and, and it's a distinctive <laughs> look to it um you know, for the first few years, you know, it was quite a bit. For that, right during the show, it was it was really insane. And there was actually times where it was it was a little bit scary, where, like, crowd stuff would happen, or you'd be in a bar, and you don't have any sort of security with you, and, and, and anybody could do anything, or guys would try to pick a fight, or especially if their girlfriends were around, and it was weird. You know, so now, it, it's, I don't, first of all, I, I never want to go back to anything like that again. I would never want to be in a situation where I couldn't just go for a walk or go sit down in a bar and have a conversation and talk in the crass manner in which I usually talk and not have to, and have to worry about somebody listening in or especially in today. Oh my God. Thank God. There was no smartphone cameras back then. Thank you, God. I mean, cause that would be, I mean, all I have to worry about is a couple, you know, misshaped or misplaced Polaroids, you know, so thank God. But so now, you know, but now my life is, is, you know, I'm just a guy that, you know, does my thing. And I still work with Nielsen. I work for the Nielsen ratings. So I'm still, you know, it's still kind of fun to be involved. And I still do some production stuff, um, you know, which I got into afterwards. But, you know, to, to live, you know, but then to go to these events, it's kind of funny. 
because I'm like, eh, does anybody really give a shit if I'm there? And then a lot, of, you know, because a lot of the newer, and, and so that's the benefit of it. Sure, we're the old school guys. Sure, they still invite us. You know, we're like the old football players, you know, versus like the new Aaron Rodgers. Like these new people are like the new sexy, cool people. And they even mm. look different. When you yeah. think the old people versus yeah. the new people, I mean, holy shit, these people are good-looking people. <laughs> and I look at them, and, and people still mess with me, like, oh, Joel, the hunk from Survivor, which I never gave my, I never said that, by the way, I never said, but if you look at these people now, I mean, these people are really good-looking people. You know, body-wise, face-wise, they're beautiful. And, and you kind of sit with that, and like, yeah, you can tell who the older new are. So these events are great. Because we can kind of sit back and be the old guy in the corner, which there's a little bit of comfort there as well. You have less pressure on you. Um, and it's fabulous to meet the new people each year. It, that's another thing. It has been like a weird family um, that has been growing for 17 years. It's it's interesting to think about kind of like, you know, yourself and Jenna and that are sort of going to be in the same vicinity of someone like Debbie. You know, it's kind of like it's just it's it's interesting right. to kind of put that into perspective and I don't know it's it's like you wouldn't have if you sort of going over those TV shows that have been around for a very long time but it would be like you know I don't know I can't even think of like say like a show like ER I guess like you know old school George Clooney hanging out with whoever sort of was the main character in season 15 it would be kind of just like you're a bit warped in that way but I mean it's it's great that something like this can happen sure oh it's it is and and once a year is enough because it gets pretty raucous um there, there is definitely, because there's a lot of energy and, you know, there is a lot of three o'clock in the morning drinking happening. <laughs> Good, and, I'm glad. You know, I'm Australian, Joel. I've got to keep right. up with my traditionals, right? There you go. <laughs> well, it, it, so there, it, there is a lot packed into these type of weekends and Tasha and the organizi- organizers putting it together, they pack a lot in there. They try to do as much as they can. And again, I don't know if you, the only reason I do Tasha's event is because I met Tasha at a dinner right before our finale 17 years ago. She was a kid and she had been at this dinner to meet us. And then she did an event, um, which was overwhelming for her. And I remember her starting to cry. I tell the story about Tasha, who's the organizer of this event coming up and she's at the event and she invites all these people. Now, this is probably the first four seasons were there. I remember Big Tom was there, and Lex was there, and Jenna Morosco was there. We're all being a bunch of idiots. Jenna Lewis was there, and, you know, trying to corral this group of crazy people is almost impossible. And we were being unruly, and we were being jerks, as usual, and she just couldn't get us to listen to her, and then she started crying. And, like, the whole place kind of stopped. All the survivor people stopped and looked around and we're like, okay, let's, and then we kind of all kind of got it together. But, and then when Tasha got a hold of me a few years ago to attend the event again, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You know, for Ta- Tasha is the only reason. And the charity is a great thing. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing for the charity, but it's really about Tasha that I would attend this thing just because we've just known each other for, for you know, for so long. And That's it's fantastic. hard for me to look at her anything yeah. like a kid. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah. she, She's a little force now. She's a little force in nature. She's very tenacious. Um, she's not afraid to be a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> and that is the call measure for success. Uh, plus, she has a good heart. Good, Definitely. She's a good kid. 
Definitely. Tasha, Tasha Wilkie, we, we mentioned her name there because, uh, yeah, Tasha's been great as well, sort of uh, helping me with everything. So, uh, you know, I didn't really know a whole lot about it and kind of when it was sort of mentioned to me about this going on and sort of I decided to, to go to it. And sort of, yeah, Tasha's just been fantastic in making sure that I'm going to the right events, that I know where I'm going, obviously the fundraising aspect of it and even organising all these interviews. You know, I sort of reached out to her and said, like, look, I can reach out to these people myself. I know the majority of these guys, so I'm happy to reach out. But, you know, she's helped me, you know, with connecting some other guys that perhaps I didn't really know a whole lot of. So, yeah, Tasha's been fantastic. And this is just something that, I mean, the overall lineup of this is also just a selling point for me as well. As a Survivor fan to kind of see you guys and just who's going to this. And it's it's not always about that. I obviously realise that, you know, you'll look at some reality events across the calendar and you'll be like, wow, this one's got an amazing cast and of people attending. This one, not so much. But it's still it's still about obviously at the end of the day raising funds for for the respective charities and this is JDRF that we're that we're doing this for so it's it's just great i love the fact that you guys can just still attend these and it's so great Sasha suffers from diabetes and she's lifelong had to deal with this and so this is something that you know she deals with on a daily basis so to also help out with that so to, and it's, and she does raise a good amount of money um so, you know, the world needs people like that. Um, and, you know, so that we can actually do something decent with the notoriety that's been put on us uh, for the show is, is great. And also it just gives us an excuse to meet each other, meet the people that actually care about the show. Um, and, and it, you know, it, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. It is indeed. One thing actually I need to say to you, Joel, uh, you know, just spoke to uh, to Mitchell and we were sort of having a great conversation about a variety of things. And Mitchell has asked me to pass on the message to you. Are you, uh, are you coming prepared with your air mattress, Joel? Right. Right. No. No, I will not be bringing an air mattress. I was actually on the phone with Rich, with uh, Mitchell on a whole other thing because uh, we were talking about doing some projects together. Uh, right before he got on the phone with you. And I got a message to bring an air mattress, so I don't know what's going on. I don't know if we're going to have some wild sleeping <laughs> situation down there or what. But I blame Mitch. I was going to go to the main event this year, but Mitchell's like, no, 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 come to Cincinnati. So, we're, so, you know, so Mitchell and I, we do talk quite a bit. He's probably one of the people. So Jervis uh, and I do keep in contact. Mitchell and I keep in contact. Um, you know, there's those people that you just get along with. Uh, Facebook also has changed so much too. I mean, I, the last, you know, six, seven years, um, you know, that really connects a lot of us. Uh, I mean, just even look at it, look at the technology change in the last 17 years. So I think that has helped as well. And this show really lends a lot to discussion um, of, you know, the games, the gameplay. And it'd be almost like if you were watching an NFL game, and then, you know, a month later, they have a whole new NFL lineup, but you can go to a thing and talk about, you know, Tom Brady or whom, you know, but another football player about what had just happened in the show. That, that helps, or the game, that helps a lot, you know, keep the show going and keep the interest going in these events. And they do, and they do a few of these events around the country. I just don't go to them. Um, but it, it, it definitely is a unique experience. 
Well, we are looking forward to it. I'm looking so much forward to to doing this and, and having fun and just meeting you guys and hanging out and staying up to three o'clock in the morning and then playing uh, sand volleyball the next day. It's going to be definitely a fun time. Sure. And as with everybody, we're putting all your links up on our page as well when it comes to the donations. We're all obviously raising funds for JDRF. So I'll link everybody to your page, Joel, so they can donate to you and... Um, we will make sure in a couple of weeks there in Cincinnati that uh, we go to all these events very well hungover. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't say that I participate in all of them because I am an old man and, and you know, let those young guys who are going to see their shirts off and the sand volleyball and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, it, it's, uh, it'll be an excellent time. It'll be great to finally meet you face-to-face. Moving on to our next guest as we continue chatting to attendees of Reality for Diabetes in Cincinnati in June, raising funds for JDRF and type 1 diabetes. And look, I don't really need to give our next guest that much of an introduction, mainly that he's the herpes of formerly Survivor Oz, now the Oz Network, of Survivor in general. And again, that sounds a lot worse than it actually uh, is. I do, of course, speak of Mr. Billy Garcia. Billy, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me back on. It's um, it kind of sounds weird whenever I do that introduction because I'm sure if somebody's listening to this show for the very first time and they're thinking, why is he introducing him as a sexually transmitted disease? That's not very nice. Um, you need to get the context, people. <laughs> Billy is a regular guest. Billy's a good friend. Billy is just there. Billy, Billy is your go-to man. Let's just point that out. You get him on at least once a season, no matter what. But then if you've got a guest that sadly pulls out and you need to find someone, Billy's always there. Billy's just you. I, do you just sit on the computer and wait for somebody to be like, oh, cool, let's talk about Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not quite that way, but yeah, I tend to be that uh, that that reoccurring guy that just annoys the hell out of all the all the regular fans. Like, not him again. <laughs> uh, I think I think you're sort of underestimating your fan base. Generally, everybody's like Billy this Aww. week, Billy this week, Billy this week. So. <laughs> That's why you're so popular, let's be honest. But obviously, this event, Cincinnati, it's uh, every year a great-looking event. My first time attending, and I'm excited. But uh, you're obviously a a bit of a regular when it comes to Survivor Charity events. You you love attending them. You love meeting the fans and raising the funds. But is there anything particular, I guess, about Reality for Diabetes that uh, stands out for you every year and and why you attend it? Uh, There's several things, but I guess number one on the list would be uh, while my season of Survivor Cook Islands was airing, I actually broke the rules and attended reality for diabetes while I was still, still <laughs> quote unquote, you know, part of the show. <laughs> and uh, this was my very, you know, it's my very first event. Um, so it kind of set the, the table for everything that was to come after. So it's got a special place in my heart. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great, great charity because, uh, uh, you know, diabetes in general, it's it's. It's something that hits so many people everywhere around the world. But juvenile diabetes, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's even more touching because the kids don't even have a fighting chance. They have the disease right away. They're born with it. So it, it's, it, it's, it's a double whammy that, that, that makes me say, yeah, this is, this is a good one to support. And it's it's kind of interesting when you go to these events and the, the charities involved when you obviously have those personal connections, I guess, with uh, what they're raising funds for. I mean, my mother was diagnosed with uh, type 1 diabetes very late in life. I mean, she was, you know, into her 50s and it was wow. kind of, it was a rare thing, obviously, for it to be sort of diagnosed that late. And right. she had symptoms and kind of, you know, people didn't know what it was until, yeah, she went to the doctor and they're basically like, well, you, you've got diabetes and it's kind of it was, a, it was a massive shock so sort of experiencing kind of how that was um and yeah it's it's great that 
sort of as I've been mentioning to a lot of you guys in chatting to you and sort of in the lead up to this event is that these events exist where you can use that 15, 30, you know, 60 minutes of fame, whatever you want to say it is. It's a lot longer than 15 minutes considering that here we are talking to you more than 10 years after your season, uh, that you can still use that for the, the power of good. And, I mean, that, that must, you know, still feel great that, as I said, even 10 years on, more than 10 years on since your season, you can still attend these events and people are still there, you know. Hey, Billy, give me a selfie, an autograph, and you're in demand. Uh, yeah, it's so great that that Survivor has turned into this amazing this amazing gift that I get to give so many through through charity work. Um, you know, on, on TV... You know, we're just a bunch of a bunch of, for lack of a better term, ass clowns trying to <laughs> trying to stab each other in the back in the hopes of of, of hitting the lottery and winning that one million dollars, <laughs> and, and to go from that to something that's so worthwhile to give to so many people that it was something unexpected. I honestly didn't expect this to to, to turn out the way it did. I expected just what everybody says it is, that it's 15 minutes of fame, your shelf life is short, you know, uh, uh, when the next season starts, you're out of everybody's mind, you know, out of sight, out of mind, people forget you. That's what I honest to God thought was how it was going to turn out for me. And, yeah, we're about to hit 11 years here in June. In uh, June 24th of of, uh, 2006, I I, I left to go play Survivor. So uh, I'm about to hit that anniversary coming up and... Just wow, like 11 years of of not only being part of the Survivor universe, but being a contributing member to to human civilization thanks to Survivor. Uh, yeah, I... Not in my wildest dreams that I ever imagined this would this would work out the way it did. And it's so crazy kind of thinking now that we are there are a lot of these seasons. Like I see it every year that people are posting on Facebook, like, Oh, it's it's ten years, you know, last year obviously ten years since Cook Island, ten years since Fiji, you know, we're about to be ten years since China, ten years since Micronesia. Like it's it's crazy to think <laughs> that these seasons are now sort of a decade old. It was a big deal when it was like Borneo, but you know, just speaking to Joel Klug then, you know, he's sort of touching on the fact that we're closer now to the twenty year anniversary of Borneo than we were for the 10-year anniversary. I mean, this is just... It's insane. I don't know if it's, it makes you just feel old or it's kind of you take away the fact that it's <laughs> it's a good thing that it's still on the air. I don't even know how to react to that, Billy. Uh, yeah, well, as far as the show itself, uh, at this point, you know, when I played, it was season 13, and people were talking about these are going to... It's probably going to be one of the last seasons ever, especially with the controversy of the, of the whole... Uh, uh, race dividing uh, that they did for the season. They, it, everybody thought, including myself, it was going to be one of the last seasons ever. Um, and now here we are. Season thirty four is airing. <laughs> We're <laughs> yeah, crazy. It, at this point, I don't think there's going to be a last season. I, I think it's going to go on until Jeff Probst can't do it anymore. He'll be in his late seventies. Then he'll just find somebody else. Yeah. Billy Garcia, you, just you'll do it. Going. There you go. You'll be available. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jeff. I'll take over. <laughs> I'll be in the middle of the forest behind a bush. And when somebody <laughs> walks by, I'm like, here I am. I'm the hidden immunity idol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a point, actually. When, when are we going to have a, you know, they randomly bring Cochrane back this season as whatever Cochrane was there for. Uh, you know, where's, where's the former contestant? As he can, I, I guess they kind of really can't hide you, I guess, but um, that would still be interesting. Yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you keep me a secret from everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, bring me to tribal council. I'm playing my hidden immunity idol. And then worst, the worst part will be Jeff throws me in the fire. This is not a real hidden immunity idol. This is just Billy who just showed up randomly trying to get himself on fire. Go home, Billy. We keep saying no. Go away. Get in the fire. <laughs> yeah, that would kind of suck. You, you don't want to be thrown in that in that pit. Uh, great television, though. Let's be honest. That would that would be great TV. <laughs> That's for sure. Wow, I love the fact that we can come up with these ideas. I, I mean, sort of in talking to everybody in the lead up, I sort of I've had a real focus on the fact that you know there's a lot of old school players coming, sort of from those first you know five seven seasons. But even sort of outside that, it's you know the middle school season, sort of like where you're a part of there. Obviously, yourself, Christina from your seasons attending. We've got Rita from Fiji, you know, and even kind of you know forward there to, to Gabon. Obviously, with people like Randy and Marcus, it's it's kind of. It's, it's good that we've got these different eras, like, whereas, you know, it's not just all the guys in the most recent seasons because they're kind of, you know, the flavour of the month, to put it nicely, or put it unnicely more so. It's, it's good that we're kind of getting a good mix across the board from old school, middle school, and new school. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, or, or, or the way I like to, to think of it is, uh, you know, you, you got the, 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 the newbies who are going who, who, who to be... Uh, basically the ones that you know carry our, our bags and, <laughs> and uh, open the door for us and pick up the check yep then you got the the cool school which is what i'm part of then you got the jurassic school <laughs> the, the, the old guys you know they they're all gonna turn in early they're all gonna smell like ben gay <laughs> wow i don't sense any rivalry here at all uh. But I mean, obviously, like, uh, I mean, Christina's going, as I said, so, you know, you're not the only Cook Islands uh, contestant. And I'm sure, you know, Christina's one that you you talk to a bit and bump into a fair bit. But I mean, it it must still be good to be able to uh, attend an event and and sort of have a couple of you there from, uh, from Cook Islands. Oh yeah, me and Christina pretty much keep the Cook Islands on the map. <laughs> uh, <laughs> between the two of us, we have all the events covered, and uh, yeah, we uh, you know we we get asked questions about about Yule and and about a bunch of people like that we haven't seen in eleven years, and <laughs> and uh, you know sometimes we're, we're honest and we're like we haven't a freaking clue what they're up to, <laughs> and then other times we just make some stuff up, you know, something entertaining. We don't yeah, even... <laughs> Yule just cured cancer. Um, what a great guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we were like, hey, hey, yeah, that was Yule that was here like 10 minutes. You didn't see him. He was here 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's because he has that cardboard personality, that cardboard (laughs) personality. Nobody noticed him there, but he was here. You you just missed him. That's, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll believe that. But even, even Rita, I mean, I remember having you and Rita on an episode, uh, doing a, a recap with us on Survivor Oz several years ago. And, uh, look, I, I love Rita. I'm looking forward to, to meeting her in person. And I can say going into this event, though, like, I, I would say I'm looking forward to meeting you in person, Billy, but of course you and I, we're already hung out. We're, you know, we're like this. But, uh, I mean, even, yeah, Rita, <laughs> I mean, kind of, cause it, it feels that Fiji and, and Cook Islands were very much connected. So it's kind of almost insane that, you know, Christina is there from your season. I kind of lump, you know, Rita in that sort of, that, that duo of a Cook Islands, Fiji. Since there's three of you, you're all, you're all together there. Sure. And then, uh, she pretty much single handedly keeps Fiji on, yeah. on, on, on the board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So without her, that season never happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you guys are keeping these two seasons so, alive. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what's great about, about Rita is that, uh, uh, we're not only part of the same generation of Survivor, we're like part of the same generation of life. So uh, Rita, myself, and Christina, we we uh, you know we, we tend to shoot the breeze a lot, and it's 
and you get three three Hispanics shooting the breeze <laughs> about the you know <laughs> about who knows what. It, it's guaranteed to be surefire entertainment, assuming you understand the language. Well, look, I, I, I can I can try. I mean, we can throw Sandra in there too, and just kind of have like you know four going at the same time. Oh wow! <laughs> well, you know now Sandra when she walks in the door, you know the, the song "God Save the Queen" just automatically clicks on, and everything stops, and we we curtsy and bow. And <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look forward to that moment. I just I just kind of look forward yeah. to seeing that. I, I really feel now that sort of you know listening to sort of how you, you're selling this that when it comes to like the beach volleyball and the laser tag and the go karts like there's just going to be a distinct group that's going to be like right we're going to take out these new punks you know that think they're so good because they've been on Survivor recently and oh these <laughs> Jurassic old guys who are really just going to crash their go karts I'm, I'm I'm looking forward now to seeing how you guys are so competitive out there in these events well well I'll, I'll be honest with you. I- you know, I, I love that they have all these different uh, cool things, activities that we're going to be doing. But putting a bunch of survivors on go-karts is probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that in itself is going to be one major cluster that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think I'm just going to sit back and film the whole thing and then kind of, you know, <laughs> pitch it to CBS as, you know, Survivor, the after years or something like that. Yeah, it, it's a guarantee that somebody's going to flip over a go-kart, one of yeah. us. It's just, it's a guarantee. Um, oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. The laser tag will be interesting because you know that's when you, alliances will happen. Yes. You're like, the, you know, we'll show up for laser tag and the game of survival will break out. <laughs> <laughs> Little pockets going on. Who's talking to who? Who's over there? Why is that person by themselves? You know? <laughs> it's, it's interesting yeah. to kind of look at it. I didn't think about it that way. So, um, wow, you're just adding a whole different element to this whole weekend, Billy. <laughs> Oh yeah, it'll 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 be fun. Um, I've done the uh, the uh, uh, the the volleyball, the beach volleyball thing before, or at least I stood on the sideline and watched it before. <laughs> you know, I, I had too many beers in me. It, yeah. it wasn't a good idea for me to just run around on, in sand while a ball is in play. So, um, <laughs> good, call. good call. But uh, it, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and, and you know, survivors in sand. We're at home. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. The funny thing is, in sort of, um, in you know, speaking to sort of, I was speaking to Mitchell about then Joel and kinds of about what sounds like a very interesting sleeping situation you guys might be faced with where you guys are staying with and sort of just the, the incidents there. And I'm thinking like, you guys slept on sand. Why are you all of a sudden complaining about an air mattress? I'm like, dude, just sleep on the floor. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know the, the you know the the I think I think the complaint that some people might have isn't that we're well for me it isn't isn't that we're on the floor or that we're on air mattress is that you get a bunch of us in a room that nobody's gonna sleep <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just gonna be story after story joke after joke ridiculous. Uh, let me let me not put us out there so we don't get we don't get in trouble. But it, it, we're probably. You know, it, it's gonna, probably going to be some incidents happen that are not going to be very well explained, explainable. Like it won't make have any 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 logic to it. It'll just happen. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, getting cameras. I, I I'm know. putting cameras in that place now. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And then survivors never get to have toilet paper, so <laughs> hide your toilet paper because we'll TP everything. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, Cincinnati! Uh, you don't know what's about to hit you uh, come June. Uh, this is it's definitely going crazy. I'm I'm in an Airbnb somewhere. I I don't even know specifically. I think I spoke to Tasha a little bit. I'm like, hey, cool, where are the events? And I sort of looked at a map and I'm like, this seems fairly close to, I think, where I'm going. So uh, we'll soon find out that I'm probably in fucking Cleveland or something like that. And I'm not even in Cincinnati. So. <laughs> 
That's okay, man. I, I take I, uh, every year when I do this, I take a ten plus hour bus ride from New York City to Cincinnati uh, to attend the event. And sure, I could get on a plane and I'll be there in like a like an hour fifty or so. But where's the fun in that? You know, to go from one airport to the other. I'd rather get in a bus. In fact, three years ago, I took a bus from New York City up to Buffalo, New York. Attended a, a, a Buffalo Wings festival that was a street fair. <laughs> And then from there, like literally, you know, half drunk and, and, and spitting fire from all the buffalo wings, got on a bus from Buffalo back down to Cincinnati. <laughs> and uh, I don't recall sleeping that weekend at all, to be honest <laughs> with you. Still catching up with you all these years, years later. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm actually, when I leave, so I, I, I realize now there's events on the Sundays, but I'm leaving on the Sunday. I'm, yeah, I'm greyhounding it to, to Pittsburgh. Uh, so it's kind of, oh, nice. I fly, I mean, I couldn't exactly catch a Greyhound from San Diego to Cincinnati. I think that might've taken a little bit of time, but, uh, so I, I'm sort of flying, uh, into Cincinnati, but yeah, I thought the next day I'm like, yeah, it doesn't seem that far to Pittsburgh and it really didn't look that far on the map and the, the Greyhound sort of backed me up there. So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's go the bus route. Why not? I got you beat. I'm not taking a Greyhound. I'm taking the Chinatown bus. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, there was there was uh, this one year. I think it was uh, the 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 maybe maybe last year or maybe the year before where they had like crates of live chicken in the cargo hold. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And there was this one guy I was sitting next to. Didn't speak a word of English, only Chinese. <laughs> but I could tell like what was going on. He was telling me like some story of like how this woman ripped his heart out. And he was like, hold the and I was like, man, I feel you, man. Those women are bitches. <laughs> you fall in love with them on the beach. You tell a host of a reality show you're in love with them. The next minute you're a laughing sock in front of the nation. I feel your pain. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, I love I, I, I totally love those trips, man. It, it's always an adventure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the, that aspect of it. I just want to quickly, uh, obviously we had you on a few weeks ago to, to talk Survivor with uh, with Colin and Rossi and, uh, you know, appreciate your time there. Sorry, I, I was jet-setting off to uh, other parts of Australia and watching cars race around a track. You know you know how it is. But um, nice. since your show, your episode, um, Aussie went, obviously, from your season, uh, you know, good old Aussie. Uh, I mean, what was your what was your take on kind of how that all that all played out? And uh, I guess Aussie's fourth time around doesn't that doesn't that sound painful to say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this time I think he he might have listened to the internet a little too much. <laughs> uh, he went with, <laughs> he, he went with what he did well, which is the whole outdoorsy thing and win challenges, and he stayed away with what the internet perceives as what he does poorly, and that's making moves and 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 you know pulling you know doing strategic things so uh so yeah he kind of went out on a whimper this time instead of a, in a blaze of glory which is what how he usually goes out um because of it and so i you know i'm kind of concerned that might hurt him in of coming back in future seasons because it wasn't a you know he it, it, it basically was very uneventful it was it was more by the numbers for ozzy but having said that you know just to clear some things up a lot of people on the internet, don't understand Ozzy's game. Ozzy's game is not, A, it's not Rupert, which is everybody loves Rupert. He makes it to the end. They'll just give him the million dollars because he's Rupert. That's not Ozzy's game. Ozzy's game is not Suri, which is which is always always find yourself in the, or, or, or Sandra, which, which is always find yourself in the, in, the, in, the, in the majority 
And if you don't have the majority, just work on individuals one at a time to flip their votes. That's not his game. Ozzy's strategic game is to be a trickster. And the best example of that trickster is that I have is Micronesia with the uh, it's a effing stick moment. <laughs> like that's that's Ozzy's game in a nutshell is is is, is strategic game is that he tricks people into into you know something ridiculous dumb something that'll blow up in their face and that's what he does um and if he doesn't get to be a trickster then all he can do is just try to win challenges and he's not any younger you know he's getting a little older so i'm not surprised to see him you know get beaten on a challenge that he was undefeated in yeah just because he's a little older you know he's not it's hard to play that game of just winning every challenge and you know working round the clock at camp when you're getting in your mid to late 30s. It seemed interesting with his reactions with it all because, yeah, you're, it's, it was a very... You analyze all four of his seasons by far the quietest. And, and I think also a lot of that, I feel, came down to the edit because you had so many other people that they were focusing on. And generally, Ozzy is a an edit... I don't say edit hall. That sounds a bit mean. He's, he's you know, it's kind of like a Russell Hands <laughs> character in terms of that he's always getting an edit because he's, I guess, from a fan perspective, a popular player. But it was sort of in the two tribal councils before he was voted out, it, it just seemed very much like he had... Other people make mistakes that, you know, helped him stay in the game. You know, obviously we had uh, Ty really putting his foot in it the week Sandra went, and then, you know, we had that little incident with Varna. So it's um, it kind of at least, he, he seemed to at least get a couple of extra days out of other people's stupidity. Yeah, he, uh, and then, uh, I, you know, a lot of it was targeting targeting Ozzy early. Cause it seemed, and I say that because it seems like everybody had their mind up that you know would ultimately decide their fate decide his fate they had their mind made up of when he was going to go like it, it's like it was already decided for several eliminations ahead of time and every time somebody would try to bring him up it was like no it's too soon it's too you know or something to that effect where it sounded like it was you know the the players decided like when we hit the merge at whatever the second second elimination after the merge is Ozzy's turn and that's what it seems like. Like it was already pre, you know, predecided by the by the controlling alliances. And if that if that was the case, then you know, then I, it's on Ozzy for not having the uh, seen it coming, and then it's on other people for you know not going along with it. You know, they got themselves eliminated. Even though Varna was in a tough spot, he had to do something. It's an in- it's an interesting thing to say that. It's um, it's too soon for somebody to go. Like I always, I always kind of question that when people say that in Survivor, because is it really ever too soon for somebody to go in Survivor? It, only when it's me. But yeah, it's- <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I agree with you. Um, that's what I love about Sandra. Sandra doesn't care who goes as long as it's not her. Yep. Uh, I, you know, it's rare for her to try to save someone. It's rare. Um. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Like somebody says it's too soon. I, I I would I would be wary. I would be like, okay, so if it's too soon for them, that means that this person's factoring into that person other person's plan who's saying it's too soon. And they're not saying it's too soon for me, so I'm not part of that plan and holy crap, I need to maybe instead of targeting the person that is too soon to go. Maybe I should be targeting the person saying it's too soon to go. <laughs> mm, it's yeah, it's 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 just always interesting, I guess, um, to sort of 
look at it that way. Are, are you? I mean, still kind of now, we're obviously very much at the pointy end of this season. Are, are you enjoying this season still? I mean, kind of what's your take on how this will go down in the, in the grand scheme of Survivor seasons and, and how it will fare sort of compared to some other seasons out there? Yeah, in spite of the tragic controversy that we had uh, mid-season, I'm still loving the season. Uh, I feel terrible for, for Jeff Varner and, and for, for Zeke Smith. I, it's something I wish never happened. Um, but having said that, it's still a great season. That wasn't such a, such a, a, a negative thing that it ruined the season. Um, but having said that, I mean, we still got lots going on. So uh, there's still more to see. So I, I'm, not, I'm not writing the season off yet and saying like, okay, I got my money's worth. It doesn't matter what happens next. I, I still think there's going to be some good stuff to go down. And, uh, you know, we just got a, a pretty, a pretty, a pretty great elimination in, in, in Debbie in that she was a classic overconfident, didn't, didn't, didn't realize she, she would put herself out there as, 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 uh, as the arrogant villain. And then when she got hers and got eliminated, it, it was, that was one of those classic survivor villain sought off at the knee moment, you know? Yeah. And of course, she's uh, going to be. Yeah, at, she's going to be at this event. Of course, have you have you met Debbie before in person? I had never met Debbie. It's going to be fun to to hang out with her, you know. And and she played however she played. It doesn't even matter. Like we we all played however we played. Some of us got further than others. Some of us did better than others. Some of us got better edits than others. Some of us, uh, most of us, had some sort of crash and burn at the end of our experience. <laughs> So it's all good. Like, and even when we talk smack about each other on, on podcast, it's just all part of the entertainment. So it's all good. If she were, if she were to uh, had at some point would have said like, "Oh, Billy, he's always at all those events." <laughs> like, don't people get tired of tired of him? Like, I wouldn't even take that personally. If that's somewhere on the internet because it's just part of the entertainment. So uh, yeah, it'll be fun. And then you know, we'll we'll create our own entertainment once we're out there together. Once once we're at the event. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you know, between uh, all these uh, laser tag alliances and uh, staying up to all hours, not getting to sleep on air mattresses, uh, you know, again, it, it just really sounds like this should be a TV show in itself. So uh, I'll be sure to make sure I've got my camera pointed all the time. You guys, uh, you know, we'll see this random Australian pointing his iPhone at you. But uh, hey, we'll make we'll make it fun. <laughs> so why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I guarantee you, like. It happens every time when we when we go to these events. Somebody hits the liquor store and has a stash, <laughs> and since we're all going to be sleeping in close proximity, that stash is going to be everybody. Who's it going to be? <laughs> who's it going to be this time, Billy? Come on, call somebody out on this on list of people who's going to be there. Is it going to be one of the survivors, or is it one of these pesky little big brother people that are sort of coming as well? <laughs> you know those those poor guys. They don't get to go to enough events that they find out how this stuff works as a, as they're there. <laughs> so it's definitely going to be a survivor. Um, I think it's Roger Bingham. Yeah, and, it's Roger Bingham. I've got my eye on him. <laughs> yeah, you know, Roger Bingham isn't from that far away, so if he knows where there's a good liquor store, <laughs> he's from Kentucky. Come on, isn't that Kentucky bourbon? It's right like, there. you know. <laughs> so yeah, he probably does know all the all the best liquor stores. So I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, Matt Matt is from the area, so Matt Bischoff. So he's gonna know where all the good liquor stores are at. Um, me and Christina have done that, played that role before <laughs> at many, 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 many events. <laughs> so, so, so in other words, uh, to really keep into the theme of Australians being just drunken convicts, I really need to just hang out with you guys basically and just go to all the liquor stores and get pissed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, 
uh, you know, you, you there's certain guys that are notorious for putting fans under the table. <laughs> You're lucky that none of these guys are, are, are coming to this event. But uh, <laughs> who? yeah, I think yeah, you, you need to name one of them now, of- Billy. I'm kind of now intrigued who that would be. <laughs> well, I- I'll be honest. Uh, Bob Dogs put me under the table like twice. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, there's somebody that I wouldn't have put in my top ten. Thinking of who you, you know, who could be on that list. <laughs> Bob Dog is a whiskey connoisseur. When it comes to whiskey, and I need knowledge, I call a Bob Dog. <laughs> wow, wow, that man, that man knows his his his, his black label. Wow, that is that is. I am. He needs to be here next year. I feel. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, we need to bring Bob Dog out, and uh, uh, yeah, there's. There's so many survivors that uh, that have done these kinds of events before that are coming to this that you're gonna see like some some professional level partying going on. <laughs> like, I, I I experienced a slight bit of that at Reality Rally, kind of through the 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 party. Then there was an after party. Then it was an after after party. Uh, oh, yeah. So it kind of, you know, it ended up, I think, at like four o'clock in the morning. I had to be up at six to, to race. And I sort of, I didn't even wake up hangover. I, I woke up drunk. I was still drunk. So, um, you know, I'm running around Old Town Temecula just like trying not to vomit. But it was still a fun time, you know. <laughs> oh, I was on a team one year at, at, at Temecula Reality Rally where it was Chris Darty, uh, Randy Bailey, who's coming to this event, uh, Anthony Robinson and myself. We were... We were the Survivor Dudes. That was the name of our team. <laughs> and I thought for sure, being on this team, we were just going to, you know, half-ass the, the challenges and hit every pub on the way to and from. That's what I thought. And somewhere along the way, we we became Survivors and got competitive. It does that, that though, like- doesn't it? Because we had the same mindset on our team. I had Dan Foley and I had... um. Oh, somebody from The Biggest Loser and uh, a mother of a big brother contestant. And we were kind of all like, oh, yeah, look, let's just take this easy. We don't, you know, slow and steady and whatever. As soon as that gun went off, we're like, all right, we've got to go. Run, run, run. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, you know, since we got games going on at at Reality for Diabetes, we got the volleyball game, we got laser tag, and I assume that the uh, go-karts are... Or, or, you know, it's going to be some racing. If not a race, it's going to break out anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So uh, with so much competition going on, and I think there's an escape the room on one of the days. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, with so much competition going on and so many survivors there. And then you got Survivor and Big Brother, so there's going to be a battle between the shows. Like, yeah, there's going to be some some drinking going on, but then some immediate comp- competitiveness going on. And when you get the two together... Uh, you know, have a have a bucket nearby because there's going to be some puking going on. By, uh... <laughs> Noted. I will I will bring Australian sized bucket um, from yeah. fill it with Tim Tams yeah. and and Vegemite to bring over on the way, but then we'll empty it out so we can uh, bring it all up later. Of course, yeah, we're going to put all our links up on our page as we keep saying through these interviews. Uh, Billy's got his own donation page. You can donate there. All funds obviously going to JDRF uh, to support Type One Diabetes and Billy. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you for more than two minutes. So <laughs> we won't make that mistake yeah, again. Yeah. No, yeah, you're going to get a large dose of Billy. Billy, <laughs> you're uh, sort of always going to be like you want the. You're going to be like you want. You want the two minute sessions back. <laughs> <laughs> Go see Doctor Who. Go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I look forward to seeing you in a few more weeks, mate. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, thanks for joining us on the show again. Oh, my pleasure. Always, always my pleasure to be on the Oz Network. Thank you so much for thinking of me and bringing me on. We are continuing on our interviews with attendees for Reality for Diabetes happening in Cincinnati in June, raising funds for JDRF and Type 1 Diabetes Research. And as you would have heard so far, we've been speaking to a lot of guys from Survivor. We've obviously got a bit of a connection to these people, formerly Survivor Oz, but uh, we also did cover the amazing race slightly along the way and i i really wanted to get our next two on the show because i had the pleasure of meeting them at reality rally in 2016 and through not knowing a whole lot about their season because it's still a season that i sadly haven't watched i still they still made enough of an impact on me to think these guys are awesome i feel we need to get them on the show to chat a little bit more i do of course speak of justin and diana sheeman and they had with us here on the Oz Network. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here on the Oz Network. Thanks for having us. Hey, the green team. The green team. You got to get up on the drama. I know it's a couple seasons behind, but it's worth it. Well, it's it's interesting because at Reality Rally, I mean, there was pretty much all of you guys were there, weren't you? Your entire season felt like it was at uh, Reality Rally last year. So I think it, it was sold on me because I will admit the only full season I've ever watched of The Amazing Race, uh, season 25. That's why I would uh, leave uh, The Amazing Race uh, recaps in the capable hands of people who knew what they were talking about rather than myself. But it's, it's definitely a show that, uh, definitely a season that is on my bucket list because it does seem like it was a very good season. Well, yeah, I mean, it it all depends on how some people don't like it because uh, one team was kind of dominating the race and uh, some people don't like when that stuff happens. But, hey, you know, uh, so when you're looking at the the best of the best, sometimes you want to see somebody dominate from beginning to end, like Michael Jordan's greatest season. You want to watch that. You hate Michael Jordan, but you still want to watch it because, you know, it's one of the best seasons ever played in basketball. It's kind of, you know, LeBron James and Steph Curry right now. It's kind of like, we know it's going to be the Cavs and the Warriors, but, I mean, still, it's it's good to watch, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, the playoffs. I like the basketball metaphors. That, that's good. But it's it's interesting sort of with the, the people attending uh, Reality for Diabetes, and, you know, I've sort of joked to a lot of the Survivor guys that it's pretty much 75% Survivor contestants. But even sort of outside of that, you've got to look at sort of your non-Survivor contestants. You've got a bunch of Big Brother guys. You've got a couple of people from uh, some other shows. And you are one of only well, two of you, you alongside with uh, Kurt from the Amazing Race 26, there's only three amazing races coming on. So it's kind of a small little group, but you're still there representing the show. If you watch our season, you'll kind of see why Justin and I stand out from, I guess, everybody else. <laughs> well, no. And the Amazing Race as a show has always been like the redheaded stepchild of CBS. They win all the awards, but they get the least amount of viewers or the least amount of social media support. And uh, Survivor has been, I mean, it's the icon. It's the one that that, that broke open the forefront for um, reality television on major networks. And and without without Survivor, there is no Amazing Race, I don't think. So I, I think that they're, they're tied hand-in-hand. But, you know, the Survivors are a hardcore group and they have a solid uh, fan base. So you're definitely going to see them at a lot of reality events, a lot more of them than Amazing Races. Do you find there's competitiveness between the shows when you come to these? I mean, this one obviously has a lot of events that you guys will be, you know, taking part in with sort of like volleyball, go-karts, laser tag, you know, room escapes and things like that. And is there then that competitive competitiveness between you guys from different shows against each other? Yeah, I think there's a competitive, uh, a competitive, 
It wasn't just me. It is a terrible word to say. <laughs> in, in, you know, like the comparison of, um, like, uh, challenges. Like, oh, you know, Amazing Race thinks that Big Brother challenges are easier. Big Brother thinks that Survivor things are easier. You know, so I, I think that part of it comes out of it, that if you if you can complete another season's tasks or some sort of task, then you get to win them all. Yeah, so when, when we get a chance to compete against each other head-to-head, there's not like, oh, what would happen if? All right, there is no what if. It's me versus you right now, and whatever it is, we're a bucket-flipping challenge. It doesn't matter what it is. I think all of us get on these shows not to be famous because we're ultra-competitive and we want to win. So I don't think if you put any any of us together, we're all going to compete against each other hard, no yeah, matter what it is. Parcheesy, <laughs> poker, it doesn't matter. We're going at it. This is why I keep, I keep feeling like uh, they, they really need to send out a CBS film crew to film this event because it's almost, you know, like uh, Survivor and Amazing Race and Big Brother sort of, you know, 2.0. This is kind of like what happened since the show for a lot of these guys. And, you know, the fact that you're probably all going to be killing each other out there in the in the sand for, you know, the volleyball and laser tag guns might turn into real guns at some point. I don't know. It, it, just, sound, it just sounds fun. <laughs> oh. It's absolutely a great time, and that's what makes the events like this awesome, because you get to get together with uh, the CBS or the reality family to raise money for a great cause and have a great time and compete. You know, we all want that second chance, or we all feel like we've missed something or we left something on our seasons. And we was like, if we get that one more chance. So this is kind of like that, all right, well, what the hell? This is that one more chance. Let's go prove it. And do you find, obviously, then, the you know, raising funds for, obviously, a very worthy cause and, of course, when it comes to then hanging out with the fans? Because this is... I, I, the thing I found a lot about Reality Rally, which is great, was just the fans that attend these events and are just so excited to meet everyone. Like, I kind of would assume that, oh, you know, some people might get more, uh, I guess, attention than others, but it really wasn't like that. I mean, you had someone like Richard Hatch there uh, and then just, you know, everybody else that was there. And it wasn't like everyone was paying attention to Richard and ignoring everybody else. It was sort of equally spread, which seems like this is a a common thing for these events. Uh, I think the most exciting part is, I mean, being a fan of Big Brother and Survivor, Justin and I are fans as well as the contestants. So it definitely is good to have that balance of your fans of people and fans come as fans of everybody else. So nobody really gets singled out as being the most popular. I mean, there are usual, like, bigger people, but for the most part... Everybody stays bit busy at the autograph signings, and everybody really gets to meet whoever they'd like to meet. And we were, I mean, we've done events with uh, the Godfather, Rob Mariano. I mean, come on. I mean, who's more popular than him in reality television? And uh, people hung out with him, but they everybody had a nice long line. Joe from Survivor and then Big Brother had their crew. Amazing Racers had their diehard fans. It's really cool that uh, everybody gets to appreciate this whole reality thing. We share something in common, even if it wasn't the same show. And that's one thing I enjoyed about Reality Rally too was that meeting a bunch of people from different shows and I found myself having some great conversations with shows that I honestly had never even heard of. I think I was talking to somebody from like a Mob Wives Chicago or something like that and I'm thinking, wow, okay. (laughs) That's a show, fair enough, but um, it's so so great. Yeah, I mean, look, I I just I was like, hang on a minute, if you're a mob wife, shouldn't this be a thing where you don't want to be famous? Like, I I was like trying to sort of analyze what the point of this show was, but I just find it so engaging with with that, and it's it's a lot of fun. And as I said, like you're raising money as well, so I mean, this is kind of extending, you know, the the 15 minutes of fame that you get initially from the show. It's not 15 minutes of fame. You guys are really extending that by helping great causes out there because it's not just this event, you know, other events that you attend too. So it's kind of, you can use that for the powers of good. 
No, and absolutely. And I think that's something that's really important to us. Diana uh, has a charity that she started in her classroom from The Amazing Race and to teach her kids about the value of travel and the perspective of life and how kids in other places have it differently. And like these shows, they don't just touch you for 15 minutes. They touch you for the rest of your life. We have a different perspective on life. If you don't give back, you, you feel greedy. You feel like you feel like you took something and you haven't kind of given back into the world enough to to earn that experience. We're, we're, we're one of like a couple hundred teams that have ever had the chance to run a race like this. I mean, there's billions of people on this earth. We're so fortunate. So if we can use this little 15 minutes of fame to help others, I mean, God bless. And of course, known as the green team, you're actually not wearing green right now. That was um, the first thing I noticed <laughs> I <think. laughs> when I saw it. But do you, do you always have to, do you have to wear the green when it comes to these events of people straight away? Like, Hey, there you go. Green team wearing green. Yeah, whenever we wear green, we definitely get uh, noticed a lot more uh, in public. And, uh, and if we have green on in an airport, forget it. It's, it's always uh, <laughs> the green team. Because oh, it's, it's people who travel, and that's the yeah. type of show they watch. A lot of times people like people will maybe stare at us, or they'll come up to us and just kind of say, like, do I know you from somewhere, or you look familiar, and I'll say, you know, do you watch The Amazing Race? And they'll say, yeah, green yeah, okay, the green team. Like, <laughs> it takes that to just put it together. And, I mean, I I, I think that goes to show that Justin and I are just, we're, we're a normal. Yeah, we're, we're just regular we're, people. Yeah, we're regular people. I'm a teacher, and, I mean, we just, we're lucky enough to get chosen for something so, so awesome. I can imagine you have fun with that too. I loved sort of uh, in a lot of the interviews I did with Survivor contestants when they would sort of bring that up about, you know, people generally will stare at them. It's like, do I know you from somewhere? I, I, you know, on these days where you're just feeling a bit silly, do you kind of just come out with something ridiculous and say like, yeah, guys, do you guys watch porn? Um, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Diana is more when I'm not exactly conservative. Yeah. So I would definitely come up with some random stuff depending on the mood that I'm in. I mean, there's sometimes when I'm just standing waiting for her at the grocery store and I'll try to sell somebody something that's oh, on yeah. sale. Oh, like, he'll sell like spices in the <laughs> in the spice aisle because they're on sale. It's like a dollar twenty off adobo. This is a great deal. She was adobo. So we're always making a scene wherever we are, but. Yeah, we, we like to have fun uh, with stuff like that, but not with fans as much. Uh, like, we don't mess around with fans' emotions. But with regular people, sure. Like, we'll go into, like, and play House Hunters at an open house. And, hey, it's House Hunters. Where yeah, you do it. Jonathan, we're Jonathan and, and Linda Lee. And, uh, we <laughs> make up names and we'll wake up jobs and we'll look at the house. Oh, 2.3 million. Oh, we can. Oh, yeah, look at the baby room and all that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> well, so we'll have some room to build. Like, you know. <laughs> and one, and one day, of course, it won't be pretend. You'll be like, when you are millionaires, of course, you'll be like, oh, you know, come on, let's just, you know, go for something a bit higher, I feel here, Diana. We can afford more than this. <laughs> Not on teacher salary. <laughs> I, think, I think even if we won millions of dollars, we'd still have a different mindset because we both grew up relatively uh, low income. So I think uh, we appreciate the value of money. The one, the one thing that I sort of, I guess, the story behind me sort of interacting with you guys at Reality Daily, which I remember, was post-race on that Saturday there in Temecula, I was sort of just sitting inside, you know, gaining my thoughts, and you guys sort of approached me, and you're like, hey, you're the Survivor Oz guy, you know, we, we listened to your show, we loved your show, and I'm sort of like, well, it's not me who's talking about The Amazing Race, but, you know, I'll, I'll definitely pass that on, but it, it was just, it was, it's really stood out for me, because I guess kind of, as I was saying about how I was meeting all these people from different reality shows, and really mainly focused on the Survivor guys, uh, because that's kind of my background, but 
it's just it it really does draw i guess me and i know i think i said it to you at the time and clearly i still haven't watched your season but it does draw me to wanting to watch these have you found in meeting a lot of the other reality shows that maybe you weren't overly familiar with that you've kind of thought hey this sounds like a great show i'm gonna watch it and you have then gone on to watch it and enjoyed the show (laughs) well what would happen is like you know I would go up to somebody in Survivor that I was a big fan of and say, like, oh, my gosh, I was a really big fan of you during your season. And, you know, they would say, oh, I'm really sorry. I haven't watched your season. But then, like, a big brother pe- like person would come up to us and say that they were fans of us <laughs> and never watched Big Brother. So I kind of went back and thought, like, oh, my goodness, you know, we met all these amazing people that are Big Brother people and we don't. We don't know anything about them. So we would go back and binge watch and kind of catch up and be like, oh, okay, that's, you know, that's so-and-so. Or let's watch, you know, who's season next. So Yeah, we became, became big uh, friends with Spencer from Big Brother. We watched his season. And then John Party from Big Brother Canada. We watched his Big Brother Canada. So we go back and we watch seasons of, of shows of people that we've met. So we can get their backstory to see why everybody else fell in love with them. The, the funnest one I had with the, the occasion was, I mean, like, yeah, I've, Big Brother is kind of, at least I've watched Amazing Race, whereas, like, I've watched Australian Big Brother, but I've never watched the US one, so I'm not sort of overly familiar with it. And obviously then that fits in with the Canadian Big Brother. So when I was actually picked up from the airport in San Diego, you know, I'm in this transport, you know, I've got Kelly and Dale Wentworth, I've got Mertz, you know, these people I know. And then, you know, there's this other girl in the car, I'm just chatting with her, you know, just having, you know, a good time. She's Canadian. I'm like, oh, awesome, you know. I just assumed she was a fan. And then we sort of got out of the van and I just sort of like, oh, look, don't mean to be rude, but, you know, were you on a show? And she's like, yeah, I won season three of Big Brother. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, congratulations. (laughs) So here I am talking to, like, probably one of the most well-known Big Brother Canadian contestants, having no clue. (laughs) Sometimes those are the best conversations because they're so different than the ones they normally have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, I mean, quick thoughts on, obviously, with the Amazing Race that's on at the moment. So, they, they had the big twist, didn't they, where it was kind of these are strangers that are meeting on, on day one, which I think they didn't, they do a similar season in terms of, like, the blind dating, but this is more a, a not necessarily a dating one. This, to me, was something that when I heard this was a new twist, I thought this is something they would have done a long time ago, because it kind of sounds like a fairly standard one that you would do for a show where there's couples involved, but... Have you enjoyed this twist? Is this a twist that you think has worked for The Amazing Race? I think we both really enjoy uh, the twist. I feel like in the past they've done a lot of things that maybe didn't get received too well. They did do a family season that didn't go very well. Uh, They did the blind date season where half the couples were blind dates and strangers and the other half were existing couples. Uh, And this really is just 22 strangers kind of paired together and forced to travel around the world and I mean, when you do watch our season, you'll see that even, you know, Jess and I have been together for nine years. Traveling together is just different. And when you travel with somebody you know, it's different than traveling with a stranger. And sometimes you have difficulties and sometimes it's easy. But The two, um, the two biggest requests I know from fans were have the single seasons because there's a lot of people who don't have partners and a celebrity season where they get like celebrities to come on and play. So uh, they're listening to the fans and it's coming to the end. We all know that at some point it's going to end. So they're going to try to at least appease the fans and do all of those things that the fans have been wanting for years. So I think maybe season 30 might be like a celebrity and an all-star type of season if it comes up. But we'll see. I'm really enjoying the season and the cast is awesome. Because they've, they've backed off now, haven't they? It's only once a year whereas it was similar to Survivor before it was twice a year so I mean is that kind of the vibe amongst Amazing Races that this is now slowly coming to an end sadly because they've cut back a season per year or is there just kind of not that perception of it I think that yeah I I think going from two seasons to one season pushing this season back from you know fall to spring 
And then I think the time slot. I think Thursdays at 10 for a show like this is is really difficult to survive because, uh, I mean, it's as a family a show. As a teacher, I mean, it's a show that I was proud to promote and proud to stand by that my students would watch and my students would find benefit in watching. And I think to, uh, Thursdays at 10 is just difficult for kids to stay up or families to get together and watch. Yeah. But the DVD was good, but it, it's not much bigger. But it, it, when you look at the overall ratings... The DVR numbers are a little higher, but the the average watch numbers are a lot lower because it's a, it's a time slot when a lot less viewers are there. So it's kind of suffering there. We're all hoping that hey, the the amazing race can continue. So we're, we're pushing it. It was sad here in Australia when we had um you know we had two seasons kind of pretty much and as soon as they announced it, which were great, then they sort of took us. It was a year or two off before they brought it back for a third season, which was which was amazing. I mean, I was involved in the coverage of that on our show and I watched it from start to finish, and you know it was. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a fantastic season. But kind of since that, it, it just hasn't even been on the radar here in Australia anymore, which is sad because it was it was so well done and it was so good. But I think the problem in Australia we have with our reality shows is that we're not a competition reality show nation where uh, let's watch people build and cook and sing. So it's kind of, you know, we're more into <laughs> those. And they air shows like at least five nights a week here as opposed to once a week. So even with our local version of Survivor they brought back last year, it was still airing three nights a week. And even as a Survivor fan, I'm like, this is too much. You're stretching this out too much. So I I really hope they bring back the Australian version of The Amazing Race. And I think they could tie in an international sort of connection because, of course, season three of Australia uh, was Australia versus New Zealand. So you had sort of international connections. So, hey, we could we could really push that Australia versus USA sort of, you know, Australia, USA, Canada and sort of have a tri-nation event going on. I think that's an awesome... Who like can a- circumnavigate the globe faster? Yeah, I yeah. think it's almost like... A- Amazing Race Olympics, where hey. you get a different from each country representing, and uh, you you put like the world against each other <laughs> yeah. once a year. Amazing Race International Edition. I'd love that. That would work well because I mean, you know, you guys are traveling the world. You're not just on a beach for 39 days, so it's kind of you know you you sort of it's already on the realms of what you guys have to do anyway. So why not just you know mix it up with a bunch of nations around the world? I like That'd that. That'd be amazing. And, and it, it just, I mean, getting to see the countries, you know, like ever, like the money is always just great, but I mean, the travel part of it is just when else would you ever travel the world or when else are you going to get to visit the place, like visit places that you never would have imagined visiting. So, oh uh, yeah. We're very Sign fortunate. It's it's kind of interesting because like when people say like what reality show would you want to go to and people assume there's a fan of Survivor I would I, I would do the Amazing Race over Survivor any day if somebody said to me right now like hey here's your options you can choose any reality show to be on uh, I would yeah by far I'd probably put Big Brother at number one just because I find think that would be fun to live in a house and just sleep and chill with people and win the pool <laughs> but that's just me but then I would go Amazing Race. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, I feel like that—that's the only one that I could have done. I don't think I could do with Big Brother and like the the teaming and the scheming part of it. Competitions, yeah, great, but it's like the people talking behind your back thing would just the high school. Mostly. I'm sensitive, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know that. Like, I would be very strong in that social game. Um, and same thing for Survivor. I don't think that I, I, I think I could live on the island. Um, I feel like I would play like Aubrey, like I'd cry on day three and want to go home. <laughs> and then I would just, you know, man up and, and, and finish out. So I just don't know that I could do um, the, the well, social part of it. 
I'll put this out there now. If the, if there's not an All Stars of the Amazing Race, I will be uh, auditioning for Survivor because I feel like I still have something left. I feel like there's some there's unfinished business. I kind of was yeah thinking about that in terms of obviously you know we had Natalie and Nadia you know come on Survivor, but I mean there really hasn't been the whole amazing That's race it. sort of i mean we've had survivor what three couples from survivor do the amazing race whereas we've only had the one pair i guess from um you know amazing race come on to survivor so wh- where is this connection we've had more big brother people like i want to see more of you guys on survivor it one there's only been one one amazing race on survivor and they won yeah well <laughs> and the other one was the first boot so <laughs> right so, one of each yeah <laughs> so, uh, but they won i i think that they should give more amazing races the chance to get on survivor and prove but you know a lot of the people who are fans of amazing race and the fans of survivor are different types of people so we'll see how we'll see how it works out i mean i'm definitely game i I will play any game. It doesn't matter if there's money involved. I love to compete. So mm. I and think that's, that's... I find that's kind of the case with Survivor now too, is that it's... And it's probably the same with The Amazing Race, I don't doubt, is that it's almost about that title of winning rather than the money. I mean, obviously, a million dollars is very handy. You're not going to say no to it. But it's kind of at the end of the day to to have that recognition because it seems that the, the distinction that you are the sole survivor of a season is a lot more prominent than the million-dollar prize. And, I mean, I don't know if that's the same in The Amazing Race, but it just it feels that way. There's more prestige about it now that these shows have been around for so long. I think it's like the... I can do anything like if I can do this if I can win survivor if I can win the amazing race I can actually do anything um I mean I kind of throw that around at my school sometimes like if I'm carrying a case of water and somebody says oh can I grab that for you I'll say I was on the amazing race and they'll go oh sorry excuse me (laughs) I mean I I never in a million years would have ever signed up to bungee jump and I didn't think I could ever do it I didn't think that I could step off the ledge and when they counted to three I I jumped I didn't have to be pushed and I mean it's just something that now you tell yourself I can do absolutely anything and I mean period there's nothing after that so I think that's the most satisfying part of doing a competition show like Survivor, Amazing Race, Big Brother. It's the it's that title that, you know, Phil says, you are the winners of The Amazing Race or you are yeah. the sole survivor. When do you get the chance to prove it, prove it to yourself? You always say that I could do this, I could do that. But when do you prove it? When do you say that I could do that and go out and actually do it? Or tested it. Yeah. To- that fact it's perfect yeah yeah exactly and it's it's amazing and you've got all that kind of um you know not only banked in your memory but you sort of had cameras following you around too so you've always got that to sort of relive it sort of and uh, i guess motivate yourself too like hey look at this remember when i bungee jumped no you don't well let's watch it together because here it is on camera (laughs) phil says you have the most expensive uh home movie ever created so you take these episodes and you go home and you'll be able to show this to your family and your family's family for generations it's great i mean we were like oh my god i wish i could take a picture when we're in africa but it's like we don't need pictures <laughs> yes. we got videos of us walking with yeah. lions and it's just amazing it's I, I find that funny when you i see particularly like with survivor contestants and they put you know what would you what are three things you'd love to take out here and so many people say a camera thinking do you do realize what you're doing right <laughs> you can kill 24/7. <laughs> it sort of defeats yeah. our purpose don't i could imagine that uh sort of as a teacher though um that must just be an interesting thing to sort of have that with your students i mean were you were you a teacher when you were on the show and and if you were what was that experience like with your students kind of having to get to watch this sort of with you as it was airing well, before we left, nobody knew. Uh, my students and my school thought that I was teaching abroad for the summer. Um, and then when we had the public start, 
everybody knew early on, so I didn't have to keep it a secret when I came home. But starting the school year, I mean, I... Uh, I mean, I was a big shot. I had <laughs> I had students whispering in the hallway, you know, like there she is. There's Miss Bishop. It's so um, funny. You know, kids like kids asking for my autograph, and I said I would be like, "Go away! I'm going to sign your papers all year long, and you're going to be sick of my signature." Uh, you know, I mean, uh, kids telling me that uh, like their their grandparent was picking them up, and they loved the show. Can I go outside and take a picture with them? <laughs> I mean, some kids watched and some kids didn't watch. So there was that balance of some kids treated me the same and some kids would just have a million questions about what was this like or, you know, tell me about this. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just been really, really great. Yeah. It gave her like an instant credibility. Whereas a lot of, a lot of schools where they look for the teachers who are weak and they try to step on them or take advantage of them. But I think with her, it opened up this curiosity with the kids and gave her this, this, uh, this entrance that other teachers didn't have. So she, it's, 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 I think it's a great tool for her job. It's always fascinating when you to kind of at least know someone who's going on these shows. I could just imagine for, yeah, for children to have that, that experience. I mean, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like if any of my teachers went on a reality show growing up, but, um, like, um, I just got a new student and I, you know, uh, after our state testing, we were watching, we were actually binge watching our, like my season. So the new girl comes and she sits down and she's like, what are we watching? I said, oh, you know, I was on a television show and that's what we're watching. And she looks just like almost side-eyed. And I said, have you ever had a teacher on television before? And she just shook <laughs> her head. I said, well, you know, I'm, I guess I'm your first one. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's so cool. I, I mean, I used to work for a newspaper here in Hobart and sort of very small city. So, like, the, all the media, sort of the TV, the radio guys, we all know each other. And one of the uh, TV journalists was uh, last year's Bachelorette, like the Australian Bachelorette. So, it was, you know, it was kind of interesting when that news broke. And we're holding, like, whoa, Georgia, Georgia's the Bachelorette. That's kind of cool. Like, I know her. Like, that's sort of, you know, it's really, it was it was interesting. But, um, yeah, I just, the kids, that would have just been, that would have been incredible. And I guess, too, also, like, if you ever have, um, I don't know, like, a slow day, uh, don't want to do much, uh, I'm bored, kids, let's just watch me on The Amazing Race. <laughs> it's a geography, you know, I have to make it a learning experience. So I could pull a geography lesson, I could pull, uh, you know, what was the conflict in this in today's episode, and, you know, what was the, uh, the order of events? Yeah, so, she and teaches I, reading and, and, and writing, so when the story structure and yeah. beginning, middle, and end, and character and it's refinement. A, it's and a great like, icebreaker, too, with parents. You know, like, they'd come in, okay, now, which teacher was on The Amazing Race? And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of something that that's like a, a proud badge that I can wear publicly if you know me, and if not, then it's something that I can keep to myself, and you'd never know that I traveled around the world in 21 days, so... I like that. Fantastic. And Justin, so you, I'm reading here. Again, this goes to show my vast knowledge of you guys outside of uh, meeting you once and obviously having this conversation. But so you were a morning radio personality. So you kind of, you know what it's like to get up super early and, uh, you know, talk to people that you hope are listening. Yeah, 3.30 a.m. every day for about 15 years. Uh, morning radio, it's kind of what I do. I create every day and try to make people smile and make the mornings suck a lot less than they do. You know, <laughs> everybody hates going to work. So I try to make them forget that they're on their way to work and give them information and make them giggle. So I think uh, it, it helped me create the, uh, the fake proposal, which eventually got me on The Amazing Race. So my job has definitely helped me 
actually get on The Amazing Race. Fantastic. And so, you guys are married now too, I should say, uh, since I think you, you were only engaged, yeah. I think, when I met you last year, but now congratulations. You are yeah, now... Yeah, down in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, destination wedding. And you're a big Survivor fan. We had uh, uh, Joe uh, Anglum and um, and Kelly Wigglesworth were there. Nice. Uh, <laughs> wow. Kelly Wigglesworth. That would have been. That's look. I, don't get me started on Kelly Wigglesworth because I, I love that woman. I, I will be here talking to you for the next three hours. But uh, <laughs> the fact that she was at your wedding that that that's pretty cool. Wow, that's amazing. She was like an impromptu uh, bridesmaid. I wow. Mean, she was awesome. She, yeah, she just, and I mean, how they came was kind of just a crazy thing, but I mean, I wouldn't have wanted two other people there besides them. It was so random, the random invite, yeah. and then we asked them for help, and they came down and helped us out. And Like, we, my family who's so never close. watched Survivor, Ever. never watched anything like that. They've only watched The Amazing And race. my family's huge fans. And his fans. family's huge fans. <laughs> I mean, my family loved both of them after, and Justin's family was just, like, awestruck that... That, oh my god, it's Joe! Joe. Yeah. And you know, Joe taught some yoga at my wedding, so it was awesome. <laughs> it was just amazing. Yeah. You just have to, you have to return the favor and be at their wedding. Clearly, in the future, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm always available, man. And those two are have a special place in our in our hearts. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, we, I'm so looking forward to hanging out with you guys again. I mean, it's obviously in a couple of weeks uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, as we're doing with all our guests, we're going to link uh, all sort of fi- uh, fundraising pages on our website. So if people listening to this want to donate to the green team you can definitely do that by uh following the links on our page but uh justin diana pleasure doing this and one thing too that i, I definitely think we're keen to do on this show I, I i know sort of passing on this message through colin of course who has our amazing race recapper he is still keen to get you guys on to uh i guess really cover the amazing race and actually chat more professionally and not just have some guy sit here and goes oh cool you finished second what was that like so uh <laughs> we will get you back on a nap but yeah Looking forward to hanging out with you guys in a couple of weeks, and thanks for your time on the show today. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, guys. And as you heard me mention throughout those chats, we will provide all links to their donation pages on our website. That is the oznetwork.net. If you are listening to this via iTunes, Stitcher, you found us on Facebook, wherever you found this episode and you haven't visited our website, you will find uh, on our main page the article relating to this episode. If you just click on that, you'll find all the links there where you can donate either to Joel, Billy, or the Green Team's pages. And of course, I will have my own page link on there too if you wish to donate to me as well. We're each trying to raise minimum $250 at the event to help out and uh, would appreciate anything that you can help out with there for the organization JDRF raising funds for type 1 diabetes research a very worthy cause we'll be back next week for one more of these preview episodes we've got a couple more people on the show stay tuned for that we're going to be having Christina Correa from Survivor Cook Islands also Roger Bingham from Survivor Australian Outback and Matt Bischoff from Survivor Caramoa and a fun time with all three of them there so stay tuned for that one subscribe to us on iTunes Stitcher wherever you do listen to podcasts from and remember while you're there you can rate us leave us feedback and uh, just tell us how we're going you can do that on facebook as well twitter we're both on those services and uh coming soon to youtube as well we uh we'll, we'll let you know when that's all up and running we're still setting it up at this time thank you for your company once again on the oz network we appreciate it and we will speak to you next time wherever my voice is being heard thank you for listening to the oz network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information hit us up at the oznetwork.net